Hello, everyone. Well, season 27 of The Bachelorette has gloriously come to an end. Katie is currently happy with her default, and we are ready to close this chapter of our journey. But before we do, some guy in Austin and I break down the finale discussing very important things, such as, is Aunt Lindsay a man-eater? Did Greg dodge a bullet? Has the burning Zozobra visited your nightmares yet? And what specific treatment does Justin deserve as the obvious fish out of water in this scenario? Some guy in Austin has some specific thoughts on this topic. And of course, I had to bleep them out. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's episode 228 of the I Hate Green Beans podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay. I'm here with some guy in Austin. We're going to talk about Katie's journey that ended in love. I'm using air quotes. I can't tell you how many people have asked me on social media, well, how they've told me on social media how excited they are for your feedback. Nobody really cares what I have to think, or nobody really cares what I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) They just keep saying, I can't wait to hear what some guy in Austin has to say about this. And I said, well, Well, you know, I've been doing this since 2003, but that's fine. Let's listen to what he has to say. No, for real. It's a big deal. I apologize for stealing your thunder, um, mm-hmm. but uh, no, I don't. I don't really anticipate having anything profound, but I hope I don't disappoint the <laughs> expectant listeners. The masses. There are literally dozens of people. <laughs> How many of those are not your friends? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, um, not many. No, for real. It was. We watched it. I don't know. There's probably nine or 10 of us who watched the finale and the extra, you know, there's an extra hour in there. They don't do an after the final rose now. They just kind of just fold it all in the entire three hours. But there was, there's a legitimate, are you team Greg? Are you team Katie? Are you team Blake even at this point that you and I talked about last week? We're going to get into Greg at the end of the podcast. I want to go ahead and scoot through. I want to scoot through Blake first of all. But the Twitterverse was on fire on Monday. I feel like a lot of people were pro Katie maybe whenever Greg left and saying, she doesn't have to say I love you if she doesn't want to. And then on Monday night, that may have switched a little bit to Team Greg. So I'm very interested to hear your thoughts. Well, I don't think it had anything to do, surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, of the substance of anything that was said. I think it had everything to do with what I saw on his part was just a a real effort at like, okay, we're going to talk about this and then getting closure. And mm-hmm. then he even said something nice, like, look, I'm really sorry. You know, I don't regret this or I, I can't remember the exact words, but essentially just kind of threw her a softball. And all she had to do is just take a short little swing and say, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm with the person I love and you were part of that. And thanks. Instead she went on the attack. Yeah. 
Um, she, she was from acting or something. And mm-hmm. it was just, that was, that just, I think that's why everyone's mad. He, he seemed to take the high road and yeah. maybe just try to, you know, contractually obligate himself out of the franchise so he could have a choice to go to paradise or not. And, um, <laughs> well, she wasn't having it. She was a woman with an agenda and you could tell when she came out on to the stage. So I have lots of questions slash scenarios for you regarding Greg. But as I said, let's just get Blake out of the way first. When we last left Katie, she was sequestered behind a bathroom door with Caitlin saying, book my flight home. I want to go home, book my Mm -hmm. flight home. And then we begin this episode with, you know, just a fun date with Blake. And it's, it's going to be hometowns. Isn't this fun? And at the beginning of the episode, her tune has changed, which it should, in my opinion, where she's saying, you know, the more I think about it, Blake has been there for me and Blake is fighting for me. Couldn't you see the meeting though, Lindsay? Like she wanted Greg bad. Absolutely. She did. Yes. And they're like, look, we, we can't ruin another season. We got two dudes. We're paying for the Tamaya resort for another couple of days. We got to resolve this. And that's when her handler starts working on her. I think, you know, well, Um, I also think that, yes, I think she wanted Greg. Yes. I think there was also probably something in the contract, as we mentioned earlier too, that she's not allowed to cut strings early, even though she did have an early, she, they finished her season a week before they were supposed to, but she still goes out on a date with Blake and she does this paintball thing, but instead of paintballs, it's balloons filled with paint. They do this thing and then they get into this traveling hot tub that's not turned on. And she tells him, look, let me fill you in on what's been going on. So apparently since we don't know timelines, technically, Michael and Greg left in the same week. So she had, I think, I believe her number one and number two walk out the door. No question. And she tells him this. She's telling Blake this. And then she even says, I'm going to be honest. I thought about leaving. And, you know, Blake, hey, guess what? Blake doesn't really care because Blake was thinking this was my ticket to Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, crap. I'm in the top two now. So he just thinks, yeah, all right, you know, love is real. And he gives her some sort of spiel that kind of makes her melt, I guess, a little bit. And then at dinner that night, he tells her that he loves her. Well, he effing loves her. And then she breaks her rules because she says she's only going to say it to the last man standing. And she goes, you know what? I effing love you too. And that that means Justin's out. Yeah, at that moment, Justin sat up in his chair (laughs) with an uneasy feeling. He got really wide eyes (laughs) and thought, "Uh uh-oh. So she, of course, breaks Justin's heart, whatever. She lets him loose before they even go out on a date. So she's sparing him that, which means... Blake is the only one meeting her family now. Here, here's what here's a, here's a total like male chauvinist like disgusting thought, but you know we're in the trust tree here, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> right. I think there ought to be unspoken, albeit, but but a rule instituted that if someone is justined in the future, you know, in other words, it just sort of ends up 
through no fault of his own, oh. in second place oh, no. on Fantasy Sweet Day, she should be required to... awful it just seems fair to me no you're awful (laughs) he should be able to go first (laughs) exactly exactly if you're gonna lose let me go first (laughs) i get it let's make the most of it (laughs) (laughs) maybe he should maybe even gets to meet with neil lane who knows Well, thank goodness he didn't meet with Aunt Lindsay because she was a force in her own. It was so strange. What did you, you sent me a text and I didn't understand what you were, you were saying because you said something about Aunt Lindsay, good Lord, or I don't know, but I was thinking, why is he spelling my name wrong? Because I'm an aunt. And so I was thinking, why Aunt Lindsay and good Lord, what does he say? So you are ahead of me in the show. No, said, That's yeah, what I said, uh, I've, I've pulled it up. I said, quote, Aunt Lindsay deserves a good portion of the podcast. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, what a man-hating, bitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was horrible. And the mother wasn't much worse, although she did have a soft side, which Aunt Lindsay apparently didn't because Blake eventually made her tear up. Right. Um, so tell everybody what Aunt Lindsay said and who she is and what's her deal. Well, so she's uh, obviously Katie's aunt, but she looked angry when and, and they were having a discussion before Katie even walked in about, you know, it, and it wasn't too nice. It was basically like, uh, you know, wait till they bring this schmuck over here and we're going to show them that we're more important. But I think the most striking thing that she said to Blake was, um, you don't matter, pause. I'm sorry, but you don't, because if we let you in this family, you're lucky to be here. It's because we want you and not because we need you. Yep. And I thought, well, that's a little harsh. Yeah. And he, to his credit, kept his tongue Mm -hmm. and, you know, you could just see the wheels turning though. And then he tried to humor her and say stuff like, uh, answer her inquiries about marriage and her responses were stuff like, yeah, uh, it doesn't work that doesn't way. doesn't work that way. Cute. Um, it doesn't work that way. And I felt like he should have said something like, look, not every man leaves, <laughs> leaves his wife because she's a, you know, unsuff- insufferable ball buster like you. <laughs> but it was apparent that there was some definite male um, angst between Aunt Lindsay and the mother that had mm-hmm. been communicated to Katie. Right. She, Um, you could tell she was, when Katie sat with her aunt, everything, all of her answers surrounded Katie being an independent woman and Katie not needing a man to find success or be happy. The, there was a bunch of regular normal questions such as what do you do for a living? To which Blake had to answer, well, currently I'm unemployed. Because he left his job like, to crash like, Katie's yeah. season. He's like, uh, you're looking at it. Yeah. And then, again, I was really hoping to get on Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. And then he said he's doing some sort of nonprofit in Africa. And so then they say, well, will you move? Is it part-time, full-time? Well, it's full-time. Well, do you move to Africa? Well, no. So how long will you be at Africa? Well, I'm not sure. And so 
he didn't even live in Africa or the United States. So that's the mom was going. Now we're dealing with three different. We got well, Africa, we got United States, we got Canada, because that's where he's all, from. But it all didn't ring true because when Katie was talking to Aunt Lindsay, mm-hmm. she said, Well, look, my thought process was this. He said flat out, I am be gone a month at a time sometimes for my work, and I need someone who can do her own thing and be independent. Yep. Yep. And all the things Aunt Lindsay was Wanting. Yes. And then they still threw it in his face. Right. And so you I, could, just, I didn't think there was a right answer for him. I was just about to say that. You could see Blake, you could see it click with Blake that whatever I say is not going to be the right answer. Even he tried to win some points by saying that watching his parents marriage implode or you know they've been they didn't do marriage right and I'm going to do better and and Aunt Lindsay said you know being in a train wreck is different from watching a train wreck it's not the same that's cute she she was um she was very dismissive and condescending I thought how Um, do you think Greg would have handled Aunt Lindsay Well, because he said acting lessons, he might have cried on cue. What about Mike, met, Michael? Do you think Michael would have hugged her and kissed her on the cheek? No, yes, but my, Michael would have had some. He would have had some real, real ammo in the gun. You know, I mean, he he's been married. To, um, he's a widower. He's had kids. I mean, there's yeah. nothing, nothing. Bless her heart, Aunt Lindsay is not going to is going to tell that guy that he hasn't already been through. <laughs> the other thing I thought was really unfair was she. You can't ask somebody this vague question about, well, what if you have a hypothetical problem in your hypothetical marriage? Yeah. How would you hypothetically handle it? Yeah. It's an impossible question to answer. And his answer was essentially like, well, we're married. We'll figure it out. And she just Ugh, unacceptable you know, dismissed that. I, I thought um, it reminded me of, you remember when uh, Sean Lowe met with uh, Desiree's brother? Yes. That's what that reminded me of. I mean, you could just see Sean Lowe wanted to rip his head off. Yes. And he was clearly in the right in that conversation. It was the same thing here. Not that I'm a huge fan of Blake or this whole, you know, season or whatever, but she was really unfair to him. Right. And as you said, the mom wasn't much better, but once she got with Blake and and he said how much he loved, he effing loved Katie, then she she teared up and they're all was well. So then they get to go on another date, which was hella awkward with Felicity, the energy healer and the burning Zozobra. I I thought maybe they should have burned aunt Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) At least an effigy effigy of aunt Lindsay, you know, I'm pretty sure Blake put some insecurities about aunt Lindsay on his little yeah. paper where they had well, to write, a- they had to write down all their insecurities and all their fears. And that's the whole point of the Zozobra. It burns mm-hmm. up and you're releasing it and yada, yada, yada. That was the same date that crushed that other guy's whole life when he was with Claire. Right. He just had a little bonfire. He had to throw it in. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Write down your worst memory uh, <laughs> and then talk about it and then throw it in the fire. Um, but this fire was a huge three-story yeah. clown that had scary demon eyes. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you watch this. Mrs. Some Guy is a big fan of the Hills, you know? Uh-huh. And, and therefore, by default, that makes me a big fan of the Hills. That's still um, on? 
yeah, it's like a they're revisiting. I've never uh, watched it, so I just. But anyway, so they actually are filming it from the La Quinta Resort where Tasha had her season. Mm-hmm. And last night, or I, got, I don't know when it was recorded, but the episode she forced me to watch last night when I got home from a day trip to and from Dallas mm-hmm. um, was uh, same thing. They had to write all of their fears and worst memories on a plate. Oh. In front of these these healer type people, uh-huh. and then crash the plate on the ground. Ooh, that's much yeah. more satisfying, I would think. Yeah, it, yeah, but it's all like the same exercise. I wonder if somebody like you know whoever's the showrunner, maybe or the whoever runs that resort, maybe has a, a certified healer mm. that's mm. like mm. you know in mm-hmm. the family or something. Exactly. I think that Blake misunderstood the assignment. Because he yeah, wrote no down question. all the things that he loves about Katie. <laughs> there's no question about that. Or or he he absolutely understood this. He things. absolutely understood it and just said, I ain't doing that. And Katie wrote down 27 of her biggest fears and insecurities. Yeah. And then they let it uh, burn up in the big, giant, scary clown man. Would you be more scared of that clown man's a zobra or Aunt Lindsay? Aunt Lindsay, for sure. But I think... Um, <laughs> You know, if I were, were Blake, well, let me ask you this real quick. What what would what would be an example of some things you would write down for Zozobra? No way, I'm not telling you that on my podcast. Oh, I well, feel I, bad see, I enough can... right now as it is. Right. So <laughs> as you, <laughs> well, as you know, you know, humor is one of my defense mechanisms, and so I, I thought, and I even said to Miss Some Guy, I said, I wonder if he'll write Aunt Lindsay on the thing. <laughs> But can you imagine like Thanksgiving Day? You know she's just single and she lives in her, uh, you know, her apartment close to her sister and she comes over for the holidays and everyone has to deal with her. Mm. Uh, and I just, I don't know how that's going to go. She had a wedding ring on, but she may not be married to a man. She's probably married to her own bitterness. <laughs> Didn't she strike you as just miserable? She did. She was, she was it wasn't, tough. Right. She didn't seem like she was trying to be helpful to anybody. If you had to choose between Aunt Lindsay and Peter's mom, Barb, who would you want in your life? Ooh. Mm. Well, it depends on if my name was Hannah Ann or not. <laughs> um, but I would say I would rather deal with Barb than Aunt Lindsay. Okay. But, I, you know, that's just, ask me tomorrow. I might feel different. <laughs> well, after they deal with Aunt Lindsay and the mom and Katie can tell that Blake's just been, he he's just been run down by Aunt Lindsay. He goes and Tasha calls Uncle Neil and says, send me some diamonds. And so Tasha is the one that presents the engagement rings, uh-huh. which... Again, Tasha has had her tongue down Blake's throat. Why couldn't Caitlin have done this part? Weird. Whatever. So Blake gets all, he, he, get, he looks like he's about to throw up while he's looking at rings. What do you think all of that was about? I, I think he, I don't think he expected to win, maybe. Right. He didn't expect to be well, the last man standing. Well, just, yeah, but I mean, I guess the last time. And I'm trying to think what it was, but you know, he, when he was in a situation last time when he when something unexpected happened, he seemed very nervous, if I recall correctly. And to me, he seemed very unsure. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, this is the guy that told his sister, who, by the way, probably needs to meet Aunt Lindsay. They could have some booze together. 
Um, he told his sister that he, there was going to be a marriage at the end of it, but he hadn't told her he loved her and he was getting there. Yeah. So he, he strikes me as a little indecisive, maybe. Let me ask you this. Do you think at their wedding, Cheryl, that they will have a Zozoba pinata? <laughs> That's what I thought that thing was when they, you know, when they walked up to it. I'm like, a pinata? What are they going to do? What's, you know? So you're, you're beating Zozobra with a bat. What yeah. falls out? I don't. <laughs> Broken petals? dreams, Lindsay. Broken dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Have I told you my favorite pinata story? No. Why? Oh. When did that ever come up in our relationship? <laughs> we talk about rando things on this podcast. We've done this 228 times. Before you tell me your random uh, pinata story, Mrs. Some Guy has this terrible habit of we'll be sitting in silence and she'll she'll say something like, "Did I tell you about this?" And I'm. And I inevitably say, what, what are you talking? I have no idea to answer that question because you led with <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> she does it all the time. And I'm like, you got to fix the order of questions. Or let me in on the question that you're thinking right. in your mind. Right. Hey, look at this pinata with, that's named Zozobra. Did I tell you about this? <laughs> that's the proper way to set that up. Anyway, tell me your pinata story. (laughs) So my friend Nancy Jane was turning 30, I believe. And this guy, one of her friends brought in a pinata. And he said, look, because it was some sort of uh, Mexican fiesta theme. And she had mariachi bands and fajitas and queso and all this stuff. And he brought a pinata. And... Nancy Jane was kind of rolling her eyes at me like, I cannot believe he brought a pinata. This is not a children's birthday party. And he kept saying, let's bust it. Let's bust it. And she was, no. And she kind of put it on the middle of the table as a little centerpiece or something. It was this huge donkey pinata. No, no, no. And he just bugged her enough. And finally she said, fine. Okay. And so he strung it up in the yard and he made a big deal. Everybody gather around, gather around. And so then it was really hard to bust the pinata because most of them are hard to bust. And so all the guys started, that became a thing like, Ooh, who can bust it open? Someone finally busted it open and tiny bottles of alcohol fell out of it. (laughs) And everybody just ran forward like children and were just grabbing vodka, tequila. Look, there's some Crown Royal. Ooh, some rum. This is exciting. And he said, I told you it was a good pinata. And it is, everybody loved it. It was so fun. It was just little airplane bottles of alcohol that fell out. That was a great pinata. So finally, Blake summons the courage to pick a ring and it he goes up there and I don't know. It's just the worst looking proposal environment ever. And Katie's dress. I don't know. She's just going through the dust in her dress and it's terrible. And he pretends he's not going to propose like, I can't give you what you came here for. And but I can give you so much more. Yay! And they're proposed, and she acts like it's the thing that she's wanted from the very beginning, and it's it's wonderful. Now he's like, "I love you, Michael." <laughs> I wanted, I wanted her. You know, at first she says all these wonderful things, and she's pouring his heart out, and I wanted him so badly just to answer, 
I just love looking at you. And that's all oh. I would say to, to her. Wouldn't it be Wouldn't funny that have if been fun? awesome? You know, I think that, that would have been awesome, but I think that would have been really great if, if he would have said that to Neil Lane. <laughs> Which ring do you want, Blake? I just love I looking just love at you. looking at you. All right, now let's get to Greg. We have Tasha and Caitlin in the studio audience. We've watched the whole thing. Everything's great. They pull out Greg at the beginning of the episode and then pull out Greg and Katie at the end of the episode. Do you see when she walked in, there was that moment where he, he was looking at her like, do we hug? Do we shake oh, hands? Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. She walked yeah. in with an agenda. Let me set the stage though. Greg, whenever he first meets with Caitlin and Tasha by himself, they're just trying to say, how you feeling, Greg? How's everything? What happened that day? So I just, I just have some bullet points that he said. He didn't know how unhappy he was until Katie showed him how happy he could be. Uh, he had never opened up to anyone like he did that night on the couch. Uh, Greg went to her room the next day because he wanted to, for them to get back on the same page. So we talked about that. Was he trying to make it right or was he trying to give her another chance? The answer is yes. He feels that the disconnect was that she didn't want to fully open up to him. There's nothing he would have done differently. He has no regrets. He says everything happens for a reason. She found her person. I'm going to be grateful for her no matter what. Yay. So Sounds great. As, as a PR person, mm -hmm. uh, I think you would agree that he probably couldn't have prepared better for that. And all of that sounded like if, if you've got a scale of reason between one and 10, that was on the seven and a half to eight and a half mm -hmm. scale of reason. Uh, it just sounded like a, an olive branch. Right. It sounded like a reasonable explanation for everything that happened right. the week before. And it would have given her oh my gosh. an out and him an out and everything would have been perfect. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's, oh. that is the part where she messed up. And, yep. and I don't, I don't want to diminish there are there are really two separate sides here and I get that. So I'm going to I'm I'll probably go back and forth and ping pong back and forth so we can hear all the ideas. But if she had just she marched out onto the stage, she did not give him eye contact, she did not hug him or touch him in any way. She said as far away from him on the couch that she could so much though that he got comfortable and scooted further away from her because he she knew had aunt, she had a, she had an aunt Lindsay look on her face. She did. She was, she was angry. Mm -hmm. And the thing that made her angry, I have since I think figured out is that he said, I have no regrets and she needed an apology. So she launches into, I think what her beef was is that she kept saying, I feel like you never intended to be engaged. And you said you needed validating all the time. That's what I was doing when I was giving you a rose, when I was asking you out on dates. That's what validation is. And so her only explanation for his 180 on the hometown date was he was looking for a way out. And that was his way out. And then she started saying, how can you say I feel a hole in your heart, yet you can speak down to me the way you did? 
I never saw him speak down. I know there's a lot of editing out going on. I never saw him speak down to her. And this is what I meant about the Aunt Lindsay thing. Like there was clearly her, her mom and her aunt, and I can only assume her had this chip on their shoulder about, you know, men speaking to them. She's obviously been groomed a certain way. And, you know, it was, it was a high, highly emotional situation. Maybe she just perceived it that way, but I agree with you. I didn't hear him berate her or Mm -mm. be disrespectful in any way. I heard him be honest. He said to her, um, he looked dumbfounded by what all she was saying. And it was, it was very harsh and it was very sharp and it was very quick and he just looks dumbfounded. And so he just tries to assuage the anger anger by apologizing. Well, I'm so sorry you felt that way. But, you know, I'm glad you found what you were looking for. And she goes, absolutely, I did. I'm very happy. (laughs) And so once again, he's just sitting there thinking, all right, but, uh," and then she turns it into something you you mentioned earlier about, dare I say, acting. And his face kind of fell because there has been a rumor out there on the internet, not a rumor, it's actually happened, but he has taken acting lessons. And her whole point is, I don't care if you're taking acting lessons. I just want to know if you're acting with me. And so that is, I don't even know who the real Greg is. You should have been a man, which I don't like that at all. You should have been a man and had a normal conversation instead of being rude and dramatic and leaving without saying goodbye to me. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, she's saying I was on my knees begging you to stay. And he keeps apologizing you know, I wish I could go back and communicate differently, but this is, this is, she's audibly angry at her body language and the octave of her voice. And she's just not happy, but yet the audience is applauding with her. She talks about gaslighting and they start clapping. Like, yes, you made, you made me feel like it was my fault that this, <laughs> that this was <laughs> happening. He's kind of like, well, well, it kind of was. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I needed so, and it's like she's not getting it either because you hear the term validation, and it's like everybody just thinks it's supposed to be the "I love you." It's supposed to be the, and he did. He did say at the end, you know, you, she she goes, I couldn't tell you who was the winner at that point. I am the Bachelorette. I had three people at the time. I couldn't tell you I was the winner. And Greg's whole point is, we should have known. I mean, I would think that if the next step is hometown or fantasy suites, you should know. Well, okay, let's just say Katie's sex positive. She's not going to know until after that. There is still, I think, something she could have said to Greg to make him stay. Because if we look at this from a broad picture, what did she say when Greg left? Where did we last leave Katie? In the bathroom saying, I want to go home, book my flight. So I would think Greg is number one if you're saying, I want to go home, book my flight. And so that he He just... She didn't say, I want to go to Niagara Falls and wait for Blake to get back from Africa, book my flight. Right. Right. She didn't say say that. You have to know... Don't you believe that all he's thinking is some sort of little crumb, some sort of little clue? 
you know, when cameras aren't there or with, you know, they can whisper things to each other or, you know, give a little like it's you mouth something, you know, they've done that in past seasons. They've had to have done that in past seasons where they're giving some sort of nod that, Hey, you're going to be it. I think that's what he was wanting. Um, I, I personally don't believe that she should have questioned his integrity. I think she was, I think she was just so mad that he didn't stay to fight for her. And I think he's equally mad that she didn't fight for him to stay because he did tell her just because you're the bachelorette doesn't mean you're higher than me. And you know, like you have this big, power wide I don't think she liked that because she she didn't like that she did not like that but I will say the audience clapped at that um so I don't know he they did not end on a on a good note he he kept his cool he kept calm he kept even the entire time the only time he kind of laughed is whenever she said that he was acting um and then they just ended with you know, I hope you find happiness. I hope you do too. And then she said some, I think Caitlin said, we got to take a break. And she said, yeah, take him away like that. And I just, I'm with you. If she had just calmed down, swallowed all that anger and just said, yeah, I don't know what happened, but I hope you're happy. I know I am. And just with a calm, non-condescending, non-passive aggressive attitude she would be, people would hold her in such high respect right now because she's so angry and she's so hot. No one believes that she's not over Greg. She clearly still likes him and is angry at the heartbreak. There's no question. And I I think she's also angry about how it turned out. Like, like, do I think she likes Blake? I don't really know. I mean, I think she's in it for the ride. Maybe that's their agreement. Mm Mm-hmm. But she, she clear, I think if you want my opinion, the order was Michael, Greg, Blake, and Justin would be number 25. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Justin. Wouldn't it be funny if they zoomed in and she had the word Justin written on her palm? <laughs> I think um, Greg was the head. Like she knew with her head that he was right and he was good and this was great. I think Michael was her heart that everything was very emotional with him and, Oh, he puts me on a pedestal. And I think Blake is the hormone. Yeah. Do you think that, um, do you think that, um, Justin, Michael and Greg dodged a bullet? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. There were some, there were some, some flags there I saw in the last couple episodes. And then when you see, because uh, the mother also said, you know, we're independent. We don't welcome anyone in this family unless it's our decision. And I thought, yeah, we don't weird. rely on a man. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think that's, you know, I don't know what your take is on that. You're from a small town in East Texas. I'm sure a little more traditional where you where you know, where your dad provided and your mom was supportive and, you know, more traditional household. And so was I. But I just don't see anything wrong with two people assuming agreed roles in a relationship. And if that mm-hmm. means that, hey, you're going to stay home and raise our kids and you know run the household, to me, that's just as important as, hey, I'm going to go to work every day and bring home a paycheck. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why one is viewed as sort of less than the other. I, I that, that never made sense to me because, you know, my parents were certainly a team and both of them contributed a hundred percent, um, you know, to making our family a certain unit. I just, that was my experience and I never viewed it as, you know, different that my mom stayed home and my dad went to work. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting too, how the bachelor makes you choose, meaning yeah. Tasha told Blake, she was saying, Hey, if you're hesitating, you need to let Katie go. <laughs> so it was either you yeah. put this ring on her finger or you walk yeah. out. There's no middle ground. It's been a whole 18 hours that you've known each other. You put a ring right. on it, man. I think that Blake looked off when he came out into the studio. And I think yep. Katie looked overly excited to make everybody know that this was my decision and I love him because Blake has to feel like a chomp. Don't you think after watching the season? No question. Do you know what I think? And this is, this is the honest truth. I'm not even being facetious. I think Drake, uh, Blake had a couple of pops back in the green room and that's what you were sensing there. What do you mean? He was drunk. Oh, <laughs> Pops. <laughs> you never heard that? No. I meant soda pop. <laughs> no, I said, I, I'm sorry. I forgot I'm talking to somebody from East Texas. You mean a bunch of Michelob blot? Yeah, something like that. Some Boone's Farm back there just floating around? I remember mm. Boone's Farm. That stuff, you, you remember, I can remember like uh, having that like sit out on the porch after a party in college or whatever, and then you'd come the next day and it was just sort of this dried, sugary... <laughs> purple substance you're like that shouldn't happen to quote-unquote wine (laughs) speaking of strawberry wine do you know the song yeah by dina carter yes so it's one of laura's favorite songs she loves it and i and i just giggle all the time she's like why is that so funny that i love that song and i said because you love a song about a girl losing her virginity and she went what no, <laughs> I said, um, listen to the lyrics. And she said, yeah. no, they are just in love. And I said, mm. no, that's not what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's actually, there, there can be an argument made for, um, like Don't tell Laura that. I don't want to ruin her favorite song. (laughs) And Fancy's not about a prostitute either. Exactly. Well, God, that's horrible. (laughs) I'm sure, I remember listening to the lyrics going, there's really nothing to be excited about here. fancy poor fancy (laughs) she probably feels like justin exactly (laughs) do do you think a cockroach crawled across justin's toe in the in the suite wherever he was held up for days at a time waiting for the news that he didn't make it are you gonna be watching bachelor in paradise (sighs) are we gonna gonna podcast podcast about about it? it yes I'm going to podcast about it. Would you like to join me is the question. Is this what they call a soft close in the sales industry? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll 
I'll watch it. For crying out loud. It's, I don't know um, half of them, so we're going to have to do some researching. Um, okay, well, I mean, I can't say that I'm looking forward to it, but it looks uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot of controversy, and uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm open minded. That's awesome. Well, then um, I will what, I will what see the, you next week then on the beach. What, what, what's so before before you kick me off your podcast? What is the um, what's the over under you think on uh, Blake and uh, and um, mm-hmm, uh, what's her name? Her Katie's. name's Katie. <laughs> What's the name of our new bachelorette? And uh, I think they're going to at least have to be together for three months. Yeah, I I think so. They're going to make them appear a bunch of places because the last two of these things have been absolute disasters. Yes. Um, I think they're going to make them do Dancing with the Stars. mm -hmm. I believe it's rumored that Taysha is is going to be on Dancing with Stars. I don't know if that's true or not because you want to share she... the other other rumor we heard. Yeah, Harrison, I heard that too in my That can't be true. Everything inside of me hopes that it's wrong. But I don't think Tasha can be either because she has to do Michelle's season. Well, that was my next question. When so do we have we have Katie, uh they break uh, Katie and Blake break up after 3 months. Special in Paradise is running contemporaneous with that and then we have Michelle yeah, Michelle's... Michelle is going to be the January 7th or whatever? No, 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 no. She's in October. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're... Okay, so this is all back to back to back. Yeah, it is. It's going to also move to Tuesdays because of Dancing with the Stars. When does uh, when does Listen to Your Heart 2 come on? <laughs> as long as I've got my calendar open. Well, Katie's season is almost a memory. Thanks to some guy in Austin for schlepping through this journey with me. It's been a wild, weird ride. Now gather all of your COVID hand sanitizer, dear listener, and get ready to rub it on your body and eyeballs because Bachelor in Paradise starts right now. Thank you, ABC, for giving us exactly no time to prepare ourselves. Bring on the train wreck. If you'd like to read a recap of the finale episode of Katie's season, Head on over to IHateGreenBeans.com for years and years and decades of content. Remember, one of the best things you can do to support a podcast is to review the show on iTunes. It would be an honor if you headed over there and left us your thoughts. A big thank you to last night's game for giving us such an awesome bracket. And congratulations to Amy Cooper, who won number one in our league. Way to go, Amy. Make sure to follow me on all the socials. You can find me at Lindsay on Twitter and at Lindsay Ray on Instagram and Facebook. That's L-I-N-C-E-E. And don't forget to check out my real books, Why I Hate Green Beans and It's a Love Story. You can find them wherever books are sold. Y'all stay safe, have courage, and be kind out there. Until we're together again, love you, mean it. Texas forever. I was gonna be a lady someday, though I didn't